0: And welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Bruce Levine and Mike Esposito here with you every Saturday morning from 9 until 11. And we are thrilled to be joined by one of the game's greats, Bruce. One of the game's
1: greats and a fine manager, the manager of the Minnesota Twins Hall of Famer, Paul Molitor, joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Paul. How are you? Good morning,
2: guys. We're, I am bracing myself for another cool day at the ballpark.
1: <laughs> uh, Joe Madden called it the warmest day he's ever experienced in baseball. Now, I guess you know after fifty years, or whatever Joe's been doing that and been in dugouts for forty of those, uh, you, you know, you you wonder if the memory is intact for all those days. <laughs> but it was oppressive, and it was impressive that pitchers could even get five innings uh, out, yeah. out of him yesterday, right?
2: Yeah, you know those conditions are tough, and and you know like Joe said, I, I, you, to compare some of the hot days we've all experienced, um, you just you just know when it's it's kind of miserable, and, and it was a struggle for everybody that had to compete. I think starting pitchers in particular. I know our guy was just trying to stay as hydrated as he could without feeling too bloated, and it's just that tough tough day where you got to try to fight your way through it. But um, you know, I would always take the heat over the 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 cold i always thought that somehow you could survive and get through and plus i i always thought that hot days were good for hitting so it never seemed to bother me too much
1: yeah well maybe you but i i had to use a <laughs> blowtorch to get my underwear off yesterday <laughs> uh, it was it was it just wasn't right.
2: a- did you guys, you guys heard that Dan Gladden, who's a radio announcer sure. and, and take a shirt off up there in the, in the press box. I heard, <laughs> yes. I, I heard it was, it must have been pretty steamy up there yeah. as well.
1: That that doesn't surprise me when it comes to, to Dan Gladden. Yeah, no,
0: no AC up there, Paul.
1: Paul, yeah. uh, obviously you guys are in for a, uh, you know, uh, a race in this second half here. We're halfway through and uh, you guys have uh, performed probably uh, sure. under your expectations at this point, but you're still in that race with the Indians. How do you look at what you have to do, what your team has to do to uh, to straighten it out? what area your club has to tighten up
2: well a couple of, a couple of responses we we uh we hope that we can get back into the race um you know we haven't met expectations and and there's no excuses to that we're you know we're closer to ten games under five hundred than we are to five hundred and you can't even be serious about catching anybody till you reach that and we've got a long way to go to get there. Um you know, it's been one of those years we we no excuses we we we've, we've missed some people, some people yeah. haven't quite figured some things out. Um but you got to put together your roster and 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 figure out a way to compete. You know, the the unfortunate part to me is that we've had a very very high number of winnable games that somehow we haven't been able to finish. Either make a mistake on the bases, or don't make a pitch. Can't get a guy in from third, whatever. It's been a small margin, but those things add up over time. And Unless you can turn that trend around, uh, it gets tough. But we're going to stay positive. We're going to try to put together some kind of run here, hopefully, and uh, give ourselves a chance.
0: Our chat with Paul Molitor brought to you by the Chicago Wolves, who are making big plans for their 25th anniversary. Get your season tickets now. Receive exclusive benefits. Visit chicagowolves.com or call 1-800-THE-WOLVES. And, and Paul, I heard this on the Cubs radio broadcast yesterday while I was in my car I had to bring this out. During the first interleague game ever between the Twins and the Cubs, uh, 21 years ago, uh, the third-place hitter, first baseman was you. Uh, your your uh, uh, guy batting right behind you was our Cubs current radio analyst, Ron Coomer. Uh, I was wondering if you had any recollections of that day, which was, by the way, a Twins 7-6 to uh, victory uh, over the Chicago Cubs.
2: Yeah, you know, Coom became a good friend when uh, we were teammates in Minnesota. I'm happy that he has been able to – come back here to his hometown and uh find a nice niche for himself in 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 the Cubs uh radio and TV booths. Um yeah, you know, that was my first chance to play in Wrigley other than some exhibition games that we had played here prior to the start of the season several years before that when I was with Milwaukee. And uh, you know, all I can remember it was around uh I think an early September series, maybe Labor Day and and uh and the wind was not blowing like it was yesterday. In fact, it yeah. was You know, 100% the opposite. Um, I remember I got got a couple hits here and there, but just the experience of playing games here in, in, in Wrigley Field was pretty special.
1: Uh, Coombs has taken over from Tommy Lasorda as America's guest. You know, um, <laughs> did did he have those tendencies when when you played with him? I know you guys are still pretty close friends.
2: Yeah, you know it's it's just his personality. Um, he's quick witted. He's you know he's smart and uh, he knows how to laugh and have a good time. Yeah. It, it's a good combination, which which makes him very enjoyable company and probably smoothes himself into some places maybe he otherwise <laughs> wouldn't be able to get to. You
1: bet. Paul Molitor, I guess, on inside the clubhouse manager of the Twins, Hall of Famer, 3300 hits, uh just a gamer, a winner. You can't say better than that for any type of baseball man. Paul Molitor winner and that's what he always was. Uh Molly, when you uh when you look at the game, you were the first one to inform me last summer that uh we had hit a point where 30% of the results were strikeout, walk or home run uh yeah. toward the end of the game. Yeah. Uh is If you take off your baseball hat for a moment as a manager and a former player and you're sitting in the stands, is this a harder game to watch now than it was 10 years
2: ago? I I think it is. I I think those numbers actually have grown this year. Uh, When you talk about, you know, results of plays that end up with really nothing, because it's either over the fence or you're walking back to the dugout or walking to first base. and it's a it's a concerning trend. I'm not sure if I have the solution. Um, I, obviously, I think that you know the more we can teach hitters to to do a better job of you know not being so tolerant of the strikeout and um, maybe trying to find some other things that might pick up the pace, but I do think it's a tougher game to watch because the the inaction has been you know growing in the wrong direction and and the fact that the game and it's taken longer to do it, so that's a bad combination.
0: Well, and Paul, you, you've been around obviously the whole time as a player, and then transitioning through now your time as a manager. So, as we've gone from you know the uh, the old way to the new way, whatever you, however you want to call it, do do you see? I mean, do you notice the difference? Do you manage differently based on on these things because you have these analytics and you know, okay, strikeout, yeah. walk, home run.
2: Well, I, I think I think they you know obviously have changed some of the information that you have. It's a balance of. You know, learning how to apply the new the new things, as well as still trusting that there are people out there that are not robots, and sometimes you have to, you know, hopefully you know you know your players better than anybody, and you know what to expect in given situations. But I think with the strikeouts and the, and those type of things, you, you know, every manager knows which guy on his team can strike out a guy on the other team in a big spot. You know, it doesn't always work that way. But you definitely have to kind of strategize your how you're going to get through the back end of a game in particular around some of those type of matchups and, and information that you have.
1: The one thing that's different, uh, Molly, and we'll let you go because we know you got to get to your own uh, show here in just a minute or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that's different for me is that mistakes uh, by young players um, in groups are accepted and they're put back out there where, you know, even 10 years ago, 15 years ago, certainly when you played, guys were sent back to the minor leagues for for more pedigree right. and to be right. able to get it. Now you just go, okay, you're back in the game tomorrow. And it's like, I don't know if, if the message resonates that you have to get better. You have to work harder.
2: Yeah. I, you know, I think it, it it's a good point. I think there are different teams at different stages that are willing to teach at this level, and maybe do it repetitively because it takes a while for some of those things to sink in. Um, You know, other situations when teams are more in positions to win and they're trying to add a piece from the minor leagues or whatever and the guy's not figuring out sometimes, you're going to go ahead and have to get them back down there and try to get some of those things cleaned up. But, uh, you know, we're dealing with that all the time. we still got a relatively young core here. We're teaching all the time. We're trying to get these guys better. Uh, not to put extra pressure on them or make threats to them, but they they know that there's some of these things that we have to clean up at this level.
1: Molly, you've always been a, a great friend, and uh, it's it's been a cherished relationship over the years. Uh, keep up the good work. Hope for better things for you and your team uh, in the second half. Thanks I appreciate again.
2: that, man. Always good to be with you guys. You guys right. stay cool today. All, All right. right. Take care. See Thanks, man. Paul. Right.
1: Paul Mauter, manager of the Minnesota Twins, Hall of Famer, all-around outstanding baseball guy joining us and inside the clubhouse.
0: Nice to talk to him in this hour on The Score brought to you by Glenview Park Golf Club. Experience the best at Glenview Park Golf Club. Visit Uh Mike, uh,
1: let's continue talking about the Chicago Cubs where they're at the Chicago White Sox. More importantly, uh They have some trade people out there. They have the James Shields. They have people like uh, Hakeem Soria. They have some interesting pieces that probably get dealt here. I don't know if it's early in the trade market. Maybe uh, James Shields goes toward the end because he's not the sexiest name on the list. Well,
0: and I found it interesting when we talked to Jim Bowden earlier in the show that he said, as of now, he's not hearing the name of James Shields in any of the chatter that, you know, during his uh, uh, work, his discussions with his sources around baseball. But we know, I mean, Shields is in the last year of his deal. The Sox are clearly rebuilding, and he's a guy that has given some good performances this year. The the thing about,
1: you know, Shields, who used to have, uh, you know, ninety. 395-mile-an-hour fastball, and he mixed in all his pitches, and he was just, you know, everything you wanted in a competitor. That's how he got the name Big Big Game James. Yep. And now you see a guy who got his butt kicked for about a year and a half to the point where he was actually the worst pitcher, starting pitcher statistically in the major leagues for almost a year and a half. He was giving up home runs. I mean, uh, you know, we were all getting, you know – you know neck problems by watching it was his, bad yep. it was it was awful and and to his credit he reinvents himself and starts pitching backwards what does pitching backwards mean instead of pitching off the fastball you pitch off the breaking ball you use your your fastball as it was a breaking pitch in other words you're throwing different speeds uh you're you're hitting your spots and you're 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 trying to fool hitters in certain counts where they're expecting fastballs, they get breaking balls and vice versa. Not easy to do at the major league level, but Shields has done a terrific job of that this year. Sure. He's had a couple of hiccups where he's given up crooked number innings, but for the most part, he's pitched an extraordinary amount of innings. I think he's in the top 10 in innings pitched yeah. in the American league. He,
0: he goes six or seven every game. And I will say this, if it's just going to be a money thing where you got to give up some kind of low level prospect and, Pay the money that you know, eat the remainder of the contract for Shields, and you're a contending team. I don't think that's a bad deal at all. If
1: Mike, if you're Kenny, if you're Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn, do you just not just respond to the first or second person that calls, but instead waits for the bigger guys to go off of the list, and then you might get more for them as you roll toward the Janu- uh, July 31st deadline.
0: I think I, I do think so. I mean, listen, we talked about this. During the during the off season in the wintertime, can James Shields pitch well enough to to have it become where there is a trade market for him at mid season? I think he has already answered that question. as, yes, I'm not saying he's old James Shields, but he is certainly. Right. A piece. You, you could plug him into the fifth starter role on most teams and be just fine.
1: Sox fans, are you okay helping the Cubs out for a second year in a row with a starting pitcher they may need? Cub fans, do you think James Shields can help you? Obviously, Eloy Jimenez is not coming back in any type of deal for James Shields. The Cubs still have you know minor league players that are of interest. We've seen a lot of uh, interesting uh, young pitchers come up here over the last week or 10 days that have uh, shown good arms, maybe not quite ready, but certainly guys of interest uh, that could help the White Sox. Position players are down there. With uh, Mike, the the situation with Shields is, is that um, he brings an awful lot more than just, I mean, for too much, you want him to bring the best pitching he can. Mm-hmm. But he's such a good teammate, and he's such a good leader with those young guys that anybody that does get him is going to get an extraordinary guy in the clubhouse as well. And I know that for two months, that's not the number one priority, but it is when you already have a good clubhouse and you want to bring in somebody that really fills the belt. Not only that, but his uh, playoff experience isn't going to hurt either.
0: And let's uh, listen to Peter Gammons. We're going to get out to the phones as soon as I play this Peter Gammons bite from Mully and Hanley yesterday on this very topic.
3: Joe Madden loves him. Jim Hickey loves him. And while he's not, The James Shields he was in Tampa, who was, by Joe, Joe used to say he was the most important person on that Tampa team in taking them from being a laughingstock franchise to getting to the World Series. And he's always responsible. He still throws innings. You know, maybe he's the right guy. Going back to Joe and to Jim, maybe it would be a great move for him.
1: Yeah, Peter Gammons just uh, this week on Molly and Hanley, our great morning show every every, um, Monday through Friday from... 5 until 9 a.m. Peter brings up some great points. Uh, You know, I I think, you know, getting to know Shields, and and you and I have had him on numerous Mm -hmm. times. He's just so into what he does, and he works so hard at uh, staying at a top level. That doesn't mean in these summer months that you you have to pay attention to the fact that he's been a fly ball pitcher for most of his life. Yeah. And those fly balls... We saw yesterday. Well, yesterday. I mean, (laughs) yesterday probably was... Uh, not just here in Chicago, but everywhere, uh, there, was, there was probably more home runs hit yesterday than than any day in the season. I think somebody else who was at Washington hit seven home runs yeah. yesterday. I mean, an incredible amount of balls are going out of the ballpark now that things are warming up here, and it's going to stay that way until September. So you have to look at the at the home run ball being impactful on James Shields, and you know, talking to Rick, Ricky Renneria about him, that's why he's tried to get him out sometimes after the third time round. But he's been so good that his seven innings has happened for him on numerous occasions.
0: Let's talk to our callers on the phone. 312-644-6767. We start in River North with Steve
3: up first on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, Steve. Hey, guys. couple of points. You know, you look at the Cubs, they 10 games over five hundred and – They haven't really gotten the production out of Chris Bryant. They haven't gotten production out of Rizzo for most of the first half. Carl Edwards has been down for over a month and a half. Their starting pitching, which was their strength, has been nothing but that. It it just bodes well, and it's amazing to me that this team could be 10 games over five hundred when they're really played about 60%. I mean, with the emergence of Jason Hayward, um, when these guys and they will get it together, it, it has a tendency. It, it, they will be a dangerous team. And Bruce, when you say that they're going to trade off the major league roster, really, there's only two names that I can think of that they can trade: Ian Happ. Well, and, I didn't say that. Ma-
1: no, I didn't say they're going to trade off. The, they 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 have they have lower level guys that they have to trade. But I, I don't. You're right. Uh, if you're you're alluding to maybe something I talked about, you know, a week or so ago. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to trade off the big league roster. Who would you trade? Yeah, I mean,
3: right, there's only. I mean, if if there's anybody that can, maybe in half. I mean, I don't see anybody else. But but like I said, this team here to me, it looks like they've they've played about sixty percent of their capability. And Jason Hayward is very intriguing. What he's doing, if if the Cubs to me, when they get it together, at any moment they can score eight to ten runs in. in uh, I see some great things in the second half. They still, to me, they're the team to beat, um, and they will do something. I don't know how they're going to swing it, but uh, Bruce. One more thing, though how how do they have this Jimenez up as their backup catcher? I mean, a 180 million dollar team with a backup catcher like this. I don't. Uh, Carantini is tearing it up down in the minors. I agree. With I don't understand. I don't understand how this guy. I mean, nothing against the guy. I just cannot see a team with this payroll having a, a backup catcher like this guy.
1: I agree with you. He's a good soundbite. He was there for, uh, you know, he's a, he's a good defensive catcher, Mike. He was there for Darvish. Right now, I'd rather have the Caratini bat, uh, you know, in there every three or four days, uh, catching and coming off the bench and getting a hit either from the left or the right side. We get we have to take a break, Mike. But uh, callers, hang on. We'll try to get to you. We also expect to talk to. Um, shortstop Addison Russell before we get out. Um, Lots of things happening here on Inside the Clubhouse. Matt
0: and Phil, please hang on. You guys will be the first two up. After that, we will talk to everybody. 312-644-6767. We've had medical talk this morning with you, Darvish. We've had trade talk with Jim Bowden. We've talked to a Hall of Famer and Paul Molitor. It's been a big show on Addison Russell, hopefully later. It's Inside the Clubhouse here on The Score. And welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse. Every Saturday morning, 9 to 11 here on The Score. Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito with you. And the bottom of the hour brought to you by Campland RV. Tired of the stop and go, head on over to Campland RV for their 57th anniversary sale. Now through the end of June, find great deals on RVs and campers Camp Land RV RV buying made easy. Just a short drive off I ninety four in Northwest Indiana.
1: You know, Mike, that trade that the Sox and Cubs made last year turned out pretty good. Now Jimenez is very close to coming to the major leagues. Uh, Dylan Cease has pitched well for them in the minor leagues and looks like a keeper down there. And uh, Quintana won seven ball games for them last year. Has pitched uh, like Quintana this year. Not a not a, a one, but a three to a four. Uh, certainly a, a productive pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. That is everything that a trade uh, should be. Now, if Jimenez, because him's a superstar at some point, then you can go back and revisit it. But I think everybody is pretty happy with what occurred last year, and that, I think, sets the stage for them dealing with each other again if, indeed, the Cubs are interested in a guy like uh, Soria for the back of the bullpen or a guy like Shields for the starting rotation.
0: I expect more from Quintana, Bruce, but uh, another two and a half years of him on that contract. I mean, it sure seems like each side yeah, got what they you know, needed
1: here. I, I I hear what you're saying, Mike. I, I just don't think, you know, people think because he was always the second best pitcher on the White Sox that he's a number two. And to me, he's never been a number two. He okay? has some
0: great games and then he but has he's some not, He's not a it's number just...
1: two, okay? He's just not. He's a, he's a tad above... 500 pitcher who gives you lots of innings and keeps you in ball games for your team to, to, you know, score some runs and win. I think that's an underrated uh, pitcher is a guy that keeps you in ball games and throws enough innings. He hasn't done that consistently consistently this year, but I, I think he's a six plus pitcher within today's game is a very valuable pitcher. Sure. It doesn't sound like much anymore, but it really is. If you get into the seventh inning and you're 33 starts, you get into the seventh inning 10 times and you pitch seven, five or six of those, you're a, you're a number three pitcher. That's right. that's just the way. Forget about the wins and losses. It's those other numbers that yep. really count right now.
0: Let's get out to the phones. Matt is in River North. Uh, he jumps on and inside the clubhouse. Hey, Matt.
3: Hey, fellas. Bruce, I had an observation about the Cubs getting Shields. I remember when they got Dan Haren. If he's just going to be, I mean, I couldn't trust him in a playoff game. And if I, I'm the Cubs, if I want to trade for a pitcher, I want someone I could pitch in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and then they also say the Cubs have nothing. You got to trade. get there, though, right? What's that? You have to get there.
1: Yeah. You got really... to have. You have to have guys that can pitch enough innings to get you there.
3: But I think they do. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, right now, I don't think he's a real upgrade over anybody they got. And I also think when they say the Cubs have no one to trade, what about Caratini? I mean, he's got to be highly thought of. He can hit. He's a switch hitter, catcher.
1: Yeah, I, 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 wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be too quick to trade him. Because, thanks, and Matt. thanks for your call, Matt. Uh, sorry we cut you off there. Mike, uh, if uh, Wilson Contreras goes down with an injury, who's your starting catcher?
0: It's not Chris Jimenez.
1: No, it's not.
0: Yeah, I I don't know if you could trade Caratine. No, I don't
1: think he can because he has the experience and he has the ability to to be your starting catcher.
0: Our Cubs discussion brought to you by Northwestern Football. Coach Fitz and the Music City Bowl champs host Michigan, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and more this fall at Ryan Field. Season and single game tickets on sale now at nusports.com. Out to Crestwood next we go, and Phil is up next. Hey, Phil. Hey, guys. I love the show. Appreciate it. Thank you. And
3: I love Max and Benny's, by the way. Oh,
1: great. Hey, I'll meet you there was, after the show. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
3: the, the other couple of haulers t- touched on this guy, Caratini. Uh, there's a guy out there, Jacob deGrom. I think a Contreras, a half, and a minor leaguer can bring him over here. And I love Caratini as my starting catcher. That guy is throwing out base runners and triple like anything. Right. Uh, I, I, I think we have the guy for him. Contreras is really good, but they get... Stick around, look out. I'll hang up and listen to your response. Well,
1: thanks, Phil. You know, first Cub fans will say, well, we can't trade our starting catcher, but say Jacob DeGrom's name three times. And uh, you're talking about one of the aces in Major League Baseball out there, a difference maker for many years to come. So you're going to have to give up an awful lot to get him. I don't know if that's the matchup, Mike. Uh, You know, when you're trading a potential all star catcher uh, off your roster right now and shaking up the dynamic between pitcher and catcher uh, with Caratini and Jimenez instead of uh, Jimenez and um, and Contreras right now. So, but again, if you're going to get a Jacob deGrom, you're going to have to give up an awful lot.
0: Yeah. And and the Mets let's, let's be clear. The Mets stink. They, They have fallen off the cliff and they will likely be selling, but I don't know. You know, DeGrom is not a guy that they have to move, for sure. I mean, none of those guys are. They the don't pitchers. have to,
1: but they're going to listen because yep. uh, they're they're back to rebuild mode
0: themselves. All right, got to take a quick timeout. Otto, Mitch, Jack, everyone else on hold, please stick around. We will take all of your calls when we come back. It's Inside the Clubhouse. Bruce and Mike here on The Score. Back on Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The Score, you ask, we answer. Bruce Levine, right. Mike Esposito. Somebody, uh, several people actually texting in. Wondering about Jacob deGrom's uh, contract status, controllability. He's got two more arbitration years, 19 and 20, before free agency in 21. So that would be your answer if you're looking for, that well, how long would Jacob... a couple
1: championships along the way. Yeah,
0: so how long would you have Jacob deGrom if you traded for him? That's the answer.
1: Two two 2.2
0: years. 2.2 2 years and then unrestricted free agency after that. And you know what? John Lester's got, what, two more years after this? So you, you might have some money left over to... To sign Degrom, to if you wanted to, if you made that deal, it's possible. I just
1: don't know if the Cubs have enough.
0: No, I don't. I, I you're going to want you're going have to back truck up.
1: Good right? starting pitching, yep. young starting pitching back. Uh, Alzale, who is uh, not going to pitch the rest of the year, their top young pitcher, he would have to go in that deal for sure.
0: Three one two six four four six seven six seven is our number. Lots of you on hold. We're going to get to y'all right now. Out in Brookfield, we have Otto up first. Hey, Otto. Good morning.
2: Good morning, guys. I had a comment, and I had a question I wanted your opinion on uh with all the importance in modern baseball, things like ball exit speed off the bat, swing velocity uh three two outcome hitters is there still a place for a great defensive player uh middle infielder or center fielder say he's in the top ten in defensive war every year, mm-hmm. but he only bats like two fifty two sixty he only gets on base maybe uh three
3: twenty five maybe three forty. Maybe hits two home runs a year. Is there still a place for that no. type of player? No,
1: but that, the Cubs have a guy that's close to that. He hits over three hundred, though, and you know he's uh, he's a pretty darn good player. But he's not he's not going to be hitting twenty five home runs. He's not going to drive in ninety. And uh, where, I mean, but he's where, he's that type sorry. of player.
2: Let me ask you, Bruce. Where do you think would Ozzy Smith make the Cubs, and is with Ozzy Smith in his prime, be able to start on the Cubs today?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, and, and thanks for your calls because it, it makes you think, Mike. It makes you think. You know, can yeah. a can a great defender? You know, can can a great defender who runs the bases well, steals bases, scores run, can can that player uh, be at certain positions? Yeah, Ozzy Smith is going to play in any era and be a great player. Uh, But when you're talking about a guy like Al Mora in center, uh, you know, Joe doesn't say every day he's my everyday center fielder. He says, you know, against certain right-handers, I have to sit him. And this is a guy that his teammates believe should have all-star consideration for what he's done defensively. Uh, He's hitting 320 on the year, but the, but the, the slug isn't there and that's not sexy enough For modern times when you don't have an OPS, that's a 850 or more. It's just not, not what they want, but does he help? Does Albert more help you win every day? You, you bet he does.
0: Yep. And we just talked to Paul Molitor about the changing of the game. And this is exactly part of, of what we were talking about. And and, you know, the other thing with Elmora too, and Joe said this the other day too, you know, he's going to get 500 at bats. It's not like he never plays.
1: Yeah. I, you know, the, that's still cutting a little bit of the baby off you know maybe not in half sure. but it's cutting a portion of the baby off when when you cuz cuz to me Almora in a different era is a 160 game player no doubt but in this era it's Joe goes you know you know what i got matchups where uh, ian happ uh, is a better player here i, I need his left-handed mm-hmm. bat to maybe hit me a home run or a double or get me two walks you know that uh they're two di- very different players but uh the one thing I know for sure and, and I like Ian Hep he he's progressed his uh he's been taking having much better at bats over the last month or so but the team is a much different team when Alberto Moore is not in center field.
0: Out to Roselle we go. Jack is up next on inside the clubhouse. Hey Jack.
2: Hey guys. Yeah, I'm thinking uh if we're going to make a trade to get a pitcher. you are going to and basically going to look at the American League to get a pitcher. You going I that would trade Zilber's
1: you trade so Zobrist but quality. but 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 on a on a tanking team who's who's going to want a 37 year old guy with another well, that's what i mean team? i don't know yeah i mean you, you can trade zobrist all day long but it's it's got to be to another contender because uh,
2: oh yeah oh yeah and if you meet him in the World Series you you know hey, he well, right. whatever he was right. like,
0: uh, and and Joe loves Zobrist let's I mean I think all yeah. of the and, Cubs' and, brass and, love and, Zobrist
1: and with with without uh, you know with all due respect you're not going to get a, a Thanks, top sir. quality starting pitcher right now for Ben Zobrist alone that's I mean that kind of matchup just doesn't appear to be out here and, no and zo- and he he is. A very excellent player for the Chicago Cubs. He's he's got himself back to the um, type of player he was two years ago. Oh, he's Mike is healthy again. Yeah, and he's going to be an important player for him. Not only from the the fact that uh, his experience and and the way that he goes about the game is so important, but if somebody goes down, you have a Ben Zobris to step in.
0: Let's uh, head out to Barrington, Bruce. That is where we find Mitch on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Mitch.
3: Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, um, uh, you know, Jim Bolden uh, threw out an intriguing name, uh, I think, when uh, when he was on, when he mentioned uh, Bearcloth from the Marlins. Right. Uh, you know, I, uh, I've liked him uh, ever since I first saw him, maybe three years ago or so, and uh, he's got some big league experience now. He's, he's kind of an under-the-radar guy, but uh, mid-'90s fastball and, and a good, slow-breaking ball. Uh, you know, I think he'd fit in real well in in the Cubs bullpen. You could be in the seventh or eighth inning, and maybe even close on a day when uh, Morrow isn't available. And I figure the Marlins—they're you know right at the beginning. Oh, they're of ready own, to trade. Yeah, you know, they're ready sure. to yeah, trade. Yeah, their own. They got a couple rebuild, of bullpen
1: so. pieces that like Bear claw that could definitely help the Cubs. And and you're you're on, right on track. Thanks for your call. You're right on track as to where the Cubs are going before this Darvish. Uh, creeped up here on them the last few days where it looked like Darvish was going to be ready to pitch this weekend. Now we don't know when. Uh, they were headed straight forward toward bullpen hop, and, and I'm sure they're going to continue to go in that direction, Mike. But uh, when you have a, a guy like Darvish and you don't know where that's going, you might, you might have to tra- change your direction as to who you're going after.
0: 312-644-6767. If you would like to jump in, a few more minutes left here on the show. And we always want to talk to you, Sox and Cubs. And uh, we head out to the south side, a little Sox talk with our buddy, Ron. Hey, Ron.
2: Hey, guys. Hey, hey Bruce. I always like to ask you a, a question. You get to out about baseball. and I want to call him mention and Avi Smith. Smith. Uh, I asked a couple of people about um, Eparicio. And I remember Terry Boyle said, "Wow, he was better than uh, Ozzy Smith." Um, so, I, 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 so when I hear maybe I'll get your respond. Most people out here say he was the best. But uh, I also want to ask you guys. Uh, and James Seals, I don't think is much value to the team. I think they really need a pitcher in Milwaukee, but they need need maybe you know, a frontline pitcher. So, uh, I want to ask you: Have you heard anything about a Abreu? I did hear a report that maybe Colorado. Uh, was 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 interested in him. So do you, do you all think you know maybe it'll be a trade for Brayo and um, Bruce? Again, I'm looking forward to you responding to uh, right. Aparicio. thanks, guys. All right. Well, first thanks, of all, Louis
1: Aparicio is a great great shortstop with a a lot of speed. He was uh, a base stealer and uh, had a great arm, and obviously in the Hall of Fame. Mike, uh, not you know, he was a probably a two eighty hitter most of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so. I mean, would he play in this area? Yeah, any area. Was he better than Ozzy Smith? You know, they would. No, I mean, arrow. Ozzy Smith played on AstroTurf. He was a great Hall of Fame player. He used that turf to his advantage. Made himself from a two fifty hitter to sometimes a two eighty to three hundred hitter. That's how he got to the the um, to the Hall of Fame. But they were both great defensive players, different types. Ozzy because he used his legs and was so acrobatic. Apricio, the pure uh, guy with a huge arm. Uh, Both great players. Um, As far as his uh, question about uh, Abreu, I I think the White Sox would trade Jose Abreu, but it'd have to be a deal where they got Colorado's uh, two top players in their organization. Otherwise, they're holding on to him. He's got another year left, important player on their team, but I, I think they they will listen to if they if they're knocked over the head with a great deal like the Cubs presented last year with Jimenez for Quintana, mm-hmm. I, I think you would be traded. I, I don't think they're out there seeking a deal, but they're they definitely are in listening mode.
0: Three one two six four four six seven six seven. If you would like to jump on with us, we have time for you. Uh, we are here uh, for another fifteen minutes or so on Inside the Clubhouse. Uh, Rich is in Naperville. Jumps on on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, Rich.
2: Hey, I had a question. I'm a season ticket holder with the White Sox, and I know when Cantana was with us, you know, uh, going in before he was traded to the Cubs, he never ever, ever got run support when he was out there. I mean, he had probably the best pitcher on the Cubs, the Sox staff, and never got any run support. And then I had a second question that I can. Well, yeah, well, can ask what does
1: he What does he look like to you not, right now?
2: He still was like kind of the can't, same Cantana. He still has had some games where he's done very well for the Cubs. And he uh, has not gotten the run support because uh, the offense for the Cubs at times has been somewhat soft this year. They go through those streaks where they don't, they just don't hit.
1: Yeah, well, you're right. Your second question.
2: Second question is, what are they going to do with Mancata? Because I, I was at the game last Saturday, and again, another error where a ball went right mm-hmm. through his glove.
1: I think he's your, ball. I think he's your future third baseman for the Chicago White Sox. Uh, in the draft, Mike, and th- and thanks for your call. Thanks, Rich. In the draft, they drafted a shortstop, second baseman, Madrigal, that uh, should be able to come fast. He's going to start an A ball here very soon, and uh, if if they are right, you know he's their second baseman or shortstop, and Mancara I think is a third baseman, uh, just by that everything I've seen. You know he, he has he, he doesn't have horrible hands, but uh, he he does have a first a good. Quick first move. So uh, I think less movement out there and uh, just making that play at third base with his extra base ability and speed. Um, he's he's your third baseman.
0: And speaking of third baseman and also DHs, but also very effective relief pitchers. Did you see the Matt Davidson uh, appearance? I did. He thrown 92. <laughs> he featured
1: uh, two different breaking balls. Yes, he did. And uh, maybe maybe you found uh, the next Brooks Kishnick.
0: Yeah, there's, uh, there's not a lot of positive in last night's White Sox game, uh, but certainly some fun. Uh, if you didn't see it, uh, I know the Sox Twitter uh, site, at White Sox, tweeted out uh, highlights of Matt Davidson. Yes, Matt Davidson, the DH third baseman, uh, pitching in relief last night. And dealing actually. He, 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 he was uh, making some pitches there. He was throwing some junk and he, he, he hit 92 as Bruce. It, sec, it so. was fun to watch, it but it uh, was an fun awful
1: game. They played a terrible defensive game. They were just uh worst case white Sox scenario of 2018. By the way, we apologize. Uh, Addison Russell hasn't gotten to the ballpark yet, so we will have to reschedule. He was uh, scheduled to come on and, and agreed to come on, but uh because they have a late report today at 11.30, he hasn't made it yet. So we will reschedule that. And let's continue on with our great Chicago baseball fans, Mike.
0: Absolutely. Gold Coast, George, is up next on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, George.
3: Hey, guys. Um,
2: I was listening to the Hugh Darvish uh, talk, and it sounds like he might need this surgery. When you, when you get a shot into your elbow with cortisone, that sounds ameliorative to, to me. And if he's coming back, he wouldn't come back as a starting pitcher. He would be probably used best, you know, for a couple innings. But it sounds like he needs the surgery. And no, yeah, you know, I think we we're getting
1: to- a little ahead of ourselves. <clears throat> uh, we had Dr. Brian Cole on. He said the normal procedure for this is a cortisone shot. Uh, the inflammation can go away. And uh, at the very worst, the worst case scenario would be a uh, arthroscopy that would have him out for a month or so, maybe a month or two, uh, not out for permanently. And that's the worst-case scenario. Best-case scenario is he rests for a week and he starts his progress back. But I agree with you on one thing. I don't think we'll see him for at least a very month.
2: Okay. Well, I, no, I agree. I mean, it's just uh, whatever the best – wouldn't he have to buy into it in order to make that decision? Yeah, of course. His
1: so it's his body, sure. Yeah. yeah. I so, mean, he uh, might. he might choose rest and he might – you might not see much of him at all or you might see him in a month but uh we don't want to we don't want to get ahead of the reporting on this uh the the, the one thing we know is he's going to rest for 5 days yep. and then uh if he feels okay probably another couple after that and that's start another progression toward throwing 70 i mean he only made it and again thanks for your call
0: yeah thank you George. Uh
1: mike he only made it to uh 60 pitches three times so it wasn't like he was in full bloom of throwing yep. seven innings. He wasn't there yet, okay? He was going to pitch this weekend, maybe pitch four or five innings tops if uh, his pitch count didn't get away from him. But he was going to be stopped at 70 to 75 pitches. Now you start that progress over again. It's probably August. Best-case scenario, I think, is August 1st he starts uh, throwing and gets gets on the mound again for the Cubs uh, in a major league game.
0: Yeah. There were, and we're totally estimating here. And this is, this is a six year thing too, right? There's another five and a half years on this deal. They're not well, going to yeah, do I, anything in the short term. I think term.
1: it's beyond that, Mike, you know, you, you protect any of your athletes sure. and of course. the guy had Tommy John before you're more sensitive to it. I, I don't think you're more sensitive, sensitive to any pitcher because you got him for six more years. I think you're sensitive to the fact that you don't want him to come back unless he's hundred percent healthy.
0: Three one two six four four six seven six seven. Final few minutes here, and inside the clubhouse, uh, Mike is in Crestwood here talking
3: baseball on the score. Hey, Mike. Hi. How are you? Yeah, I'm a big Cub fan, even though I live on a South Side. I, I want to know what do you think about this trade for the Cubs? Um, Tyler Chatwood, um, David Bodie, and either Al, uh, Kevin Bass or uh, Luke Fuller to uh, the Mets for DeGrom.
0: Yeah, not not enough. Sorry. Yeah, not even close. Uh, Mike, thanks for the call. Yeah. Uh, the Ke- I mean, and Kevin Bass, the old Astros left-hander. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if he's still playing. It's not
1: going to get you there. You're you're going to have to have a projected star of like Alzale, the young starting pitcher in the Cub organization. He's going to have to be a part of it. You're going to have to trade yeah. your your backup catcher, who in, for most people we uh, think is going to be a very good catch, starting catcher. Uh, you're going to have to trade probably a hap in that deal. That's Mm -hmm.
0: it's a big trade. Uh,
1: This is, this is Jacob de Gram, somebody that uh, can go out there and be somebody's number one for the next three years.
0: Yeah. If it's going to be a, it's going to be a Jimenez cease trade, something of that nature. If, if the Mets do move Jacob, you're going to trade
1: something you don't want to trade,
0: right? You're you're going to have to, I mean, de a stud, Uh, a few other things. And we are running out of time here, but I saw. Uh, we mentioned C.J. Edwards earlier and how much the Cubs have missed him. He was supposed to have a rehab outing at Iowa last night. I did not see any of the results, but he is on the track to. to yeah, to a, a coming couple back.
1: rehab outings, and then back with the Cubs is how they're looking at it this week, Mike. And the good news for Chris Bryant is he's taking ground balls yep. and hitting. He's supposed to come off. On Tuesday, Morrow is back in the lineup for them. Yesterday, threw one pitch, got out of uh, the, the game uh, yesterday. So, important players coming back for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, we'll keep you posted on the Darvis situation as that occurs. We won't get any more information on him for five days, at the very least.
0: And today's game is game 81. So, for those of you kind of mentally keeping track, today is literally the halfway point of the season. And man we've got a we've got a ton of stuff going on uh, in the league and certainly with uh, the Cubs two and a half games despite uh, out of first place. the Brewers have the best record in the national this, League. But this is their this time is to it. shine uh, yeah.
1: Minnesota is down and then you have Detroit who's lost 10 in a row and then you have Cincinnati coming in uh, next weekend. This is a time where uh, they need to be able to step it up and yeah. uh, speaking of I'm, stepping it up after us I don't it's know. Mike. And, of course, our good friend Steve Rosenblum, we, sucking so you don't have to.
0: We we will do the opposite of that. Uh, great show today, Bruce. Uh, and I know uh, people can read your stuff and follow you at MLB Bruce Levine.
1: And, uh, of course, uh, when I write, it's 670thescore.com. Every day, Sox and Cubs. Mike, I'll see you next week. I expect lots more fun on the Chicago baseball scene. Take care.
0: Absolutely. Thoughts and prayers for Bruce as he heads out to the steam bath that is the Wrigley Field press box uh, coming up For Cubs and Twins this afternoon, thanks to our guests, Paul Molitor, Jim Bowden, and uh, Dr. Brian Cole, who joined us to talk about you Darvish's elbow. Thanks to Zach Withers for producing us, and thanks to Steve Rosenblum for showing up for work today. We will have an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes of fun for you next right here on The
3: Score.